0: Hello, welcome to the Farkum Demons Podcast, May 17th edition. If you're hearing this, it is May 18th or later. Uh want to re-record the intro, had a little technical difficulties I heard upon re-listening to it. I do appreciate and thank you for listening to this episode and taking your time out to listen to this podcast. As always, if you want to contact us, you may do so at on Twitter at Farkam Podcasts and send an email to Farkum Demons Podcast at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy the episode and have a great day and Farcom Demons. Lady Demon softball team I thought had a really good weekend Not the results we would have wanted Obviously But still I thought uh, Definitely a good weekend For the softball team uh, Credit has to be given to Southeastern Louisiana That softball program Athletic department uh, There was an absolute deluge of rain It is still ongoing Not sure if you can hear it uh, But there's a lot of rain coming down right now um, In South Louisiana And for them to have the field as in good a shape as it was and for them to have the tournament roll as smoothly as it did uh, is just a testament to Southeastern. And you look at the debacle they had with the women's golf tournament that got canceled, and uh, you look at what happened, you know, a few miles away, and uh, it's just really night and day the day the way those two uh, events took off and, you know, and Conference Softball Tournament uh, ran really well. Uh, Lady Demons, you know, really happy that first game, you know, came up seven to four, went over Southeastern, you know, come from behind, kept the pressure on them. There was an interesting strike zone that entire game. Both pitchers were kind of frustrated, but, uh, you know, Lady Demons persevered. And You know, you're taking Southeastern on in their home field and you could take them out. That's really big because you know they're fired up. They don't want to go home early. They don't want to play through the loser's bracket, they want to have the primetime games, the afternoon games, have their crowd there and the fans there. And, you know, to be able to take them out of it you know, early, that's big. And I've um, always thought in tournament play, the two most important teams you want to send to the loser's bracket is the number one seed and the home team, uh, provided you're playing, in, you know, not a neutral site. But if you can send those to the loser's bracket, you're doing well. But the win set us up with the game we were looking forward to, the game we were prepared for, which was Stephen F. Austin and Wilbur, who was just their all-world pitcher. And uh to be you know totally fair, I thought Wilbur did not have a good tournament in any way, shape, or form. Um Cassidy Wilbur has been just absolutely lights out the entire year. And I don't know the reason why. Maybe it was the rain, maybe it was the fact that the tournament was delayed, got around a rhythm. But uh, compared to what I've seen of her earlier this year and throughout the season, and what I saw at the conference tournament, uh, it really didn't appear that she was as sharp as she has been. And by no means was Cassidy Wilbur uh, pitching bad; uh, she still had you know amazing performances, but just not to the level she has been at. And uh, Lady Demons, you know, jumped on her quick one to nothing is what you'd like to see. Uh, Stephen F came back, you know, got up three to one, but that's expected. You're playing Stephen F Austin, you know, we're not throwing Delafield, but you know, I thought in relief, we, we did really well, um, in relief and, and with our pitchers, uh, Jensen Howe, I thought pitched an absolute gem. She took the loss and I didn't think deserved it in any way, shape or form. Um, Kenzie Seely, um, once again, you know, she came in and, and, you know, just did an awesome job in relief, uh. So both, both our pitchers, you know, I said earlier, uh, you know, last week on the podcast, you know, it would take, you know, we knew Delafield would do well, but mm. it would take other people stepping up, and they did. The thing that uh, was the turning point in the game and probably in the tournament is we're down 3-1 to one in the fifth, and we get Cassidy Wilbur on the ropes, bases loaded, nobody out. And whenever you're trying to slay the dragon, There's normally that one pivotal moment or two pivotal moments in the game, especially against a quality team, where that's your moment and you have to take advantage. And if you don't, that probably will doom you. And that's what happened with the late demons. Bases loaded, and then we get an infield fly. Strikeout, strikeout, and no damage. Three runners stranded. And that, to me, was the kind of turning point. And you could see Stephen F was starting to get on the ropes. Cassidy Wilbur was starting to kind of throw a little wild, her pitches were kind of missing, and whenever she got that second, no, that first strikeout, I should say, the second out, uh, it just changed the entire momentum, and you could just feel the momentum just sap away from the Lady Demons, and Stephen F. just to, you to know, look at world beaters, and after that they just kind of cruised on and got a 4-1 to win. And uh, that was a tough one, um, and I think really was the one ultimate doomedness. And Stephen F., uh, they eventually lost their next game against McNeese, and it was a very similar game, except the only difference was McNeese um, got their runner on, and they just lights out uh, pitching against Stephen F. Austin. Uh, so, you know, it was a tough, tough uh, loss for the Lady Demons, but came back, you know, big one over Sam Houston, 8 to nothing, and that was a, you know, five-inning five, five inning run rule win, and I was just really pleased, you know, you can lose a tough one to Stephen F. Austin, you know, the softball team is looking to that game that's the circle one you know you get to that moment that's what you have to you know play against you gotta knock off steven f you, you don't do it but to come back in the way they did i thought was really impressive uh limited sam houston one hit which was awesome unfortunately in the last game uh in a falling you know ending the season two central arkansas five two uh and again, played hard you know really tough game uh but just I, I felt just ran out of gas. Delafield, uh, you know, pitched an absolute gym and just around the fifth inning just kind of seemed to run out of gas. And you kind of see the Lady Demons team as a whole just, you know, it's tough. You know, you come to lose losers bracket, you got to get up early. It's hot and you got to play game after game after game. And, yeah, I think it just finally caught up to them. Central Arkansas, obviously, you know, they lost to McNeese. Ten of region is there. But uh, in the end of the day, Lady Demons – in their season at 24 wins and 22 losses. The takeaway I had from this entire tournament, and the one thing that really stuck out to me most, was when Delafield got pulled. And it's the whole reason I do this podcast is, is moments like this. Uh, when Delafield got pulled from the game, the amount of emotion she showed um, was really heartbreaking and also inspiring. And the reason I say that is when you see that type of emotion, and when she was taken out, you could tell she was just absolutely gutted. But that's why we actually watch the demons, the lady demons, compete. That's why I'm doing this podcast, because that type of emotion you can't manufacture, you can't fabricate. That type of emotion is purely genuine. It shows the amount of pride she has, and not only her craft, but also in her team, in the school in Northwestern, and in being a Demon, and that's awesome. I do want to thank the senior class. Uh, they obviously had a really successful career, and, you know, Lady Demon's softball program is better than when they first got here, and you're seeing the softball program uh, improve. With COVID, I know the eligibility rules are different, so Hopefully, the ones that if they do have a chance to come back, will have that opportunity. But do want to thank the seniors on the team: Haley Barbazon, M. Hawthorne, Caitlin St. Clair, and Elise Vincent. Uh, thank you very much for you know bringing a lot of pride to Northwestern. Uh, one of the worst feelings as a college athlete and as a former uh, college athlete, uh, speaking from experience, is you compete for that last time, and you know every other game. Every other time you step out to compete, when you finish, you always think, okay, what can I improve on? You think about what's coming up next. You know, if it's the end of the season, even if you had a heartbreaking loss or it didn't, the season didn't quite go the way you want it, You start thinking, okay, what did I do wrong? You know, what can I start doing for next year? And you kind of start planning that out. And whenever you're a senior and you step off for that last time, it kind of hits you and it hits you where all of a sudden you realize that's it. You know, I'm never putting on the purple and white again. I'm never going to be you know, wearing demons across my chest again. And it just, it really does hit you pretty hard. And, uh, you know, it's all the seniors that were out there and for anybody on that team, that played their last game, you know, my heart's out to them. And, you know, again, that's why we support them. And that's why I'm doing this podcast because, the type of emotion and pride that comes you know not only from the star players but you know players on the bench that you may have never even heard of you know they are working very very hard day after day and the amount of time they give just to give back to this university you know it's really amazing and really inspiring so to the softball team you know thank you uh, for a great year and you know, next year I think the future is very bright. We have a lot of players coming back. So uh, it's going to be really fun to see what happens. And it just has to be mentioned that uh, with Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston, Abilene Christian, Central Arkansas all leaving, uh, then next year is wide open. Right now I think uh, you're looking going in next year. The Northwestern, Southeastern should be top of the list. Uh, McNeese will be right there. Um Obviously, they're defending tournament champions. So I think you're going to have us three uh, at the top of the list. Nichols had, I thought, a really disappointing year, and uh, they'll be getting a new coach. So it will be interesting to see what he does, if he goes the Juco route or how he builds that program. But Nichols won't stay down for long. They've had a great program as well. So I think uh, going forward, this is going to be really uh, interesting. And for the Lady Demons, a definite chance to, you know, grab the brass ring and become the powers of the conference. I mean, it's wide open and it's uh, there for the taking. And when we're talking about stepping up and taking advantage of things, you have to look at the Northwestern State Track Program, which has been just absolutely phenomenal for decades right now. And one thing you have to mention when you talk about Northwestern Track is for decades, you know, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, Northwestern Track was led by a coach who is not only a legend at Northwestern, but in Louisiana and also the track community in general. And that was head coach Leon Johnson, who is just an absolute legend of a coach and a great person as well. And anytime you have a coach like him and you look at Coach Leon Johnson, you had multiple conference titles. You had multiple Olympians, multiple All-Americans. And the accolades and list of his accomplishments just go on and on. You look even now, you know, the people in our athletic department, people inside the university that either competed under him or taught alongside him and coached alongside him, it's really impressive. And one thing that Coach Leon Johnson was known for is that if you ran for him, you did develop pride for Northwestern. He, you know, made you feel pride in yourself. And that's something I think that was really invaluable. But anytime you have a coach like him and a legendary coach like him retire, you always have that question what's going to happen? And many times you'll see a program fall. You look at LSU baseball, who, under Skip Bertman, had an, you know absolutely amazing run in the '90s. Uh, Skip Bertman, obviously one of the greatest coaches of all time. And yet whenever he retired, LSU baseball went downward. And not that they were horrible by any stretch, but there was a noticeable dip. When Coach Johnson retired, I think one of the concerns, one of the things that kind of made people nervous is what would happen to the track program. Now of course anyone that knows Mike Hireman knows that he's very knowledgeable and was a great coach. And I think anyone who knows him knew that we were definitely going to be in capable hands. The amazing thing is not only did we not take a drop-off but the fact that we are continuing to improve is absolutely astounding. And for the 10th straight championship, our women's team has finished in the top three, which is just absolutely amazing. And for Coach Heimann to have this program running at such a high level, it's really a testament to his coaching ability and also to the program in general and how solid a foundation has been built over the years and over the decades, going back even as far as to... Coach Walter Lede, who was an absolute legend in his own right. And you look at the performance this weekend, Lady Demons finished second. Uh, Stephen F. Austin won it, going away 171 points. But Lady Demons had 122, which narrowly edged out uh, third place, who had 119.5. And uh, that was Abilene Christian, which was really cool. And one thing that's really cool about that is when the conference shakeup comes. Lady Demons are the definitive favorites going forward in this conference. Now, hopefully, we will add some more schools, but really excited about that. And um, you look at uh, the performances this weekend. Like I said Natasha Jackson, fifty-three point one four in a four hundred, which is a blistering time. Jasmine Steele did an amazing job as she always does, and you know, thankful for her time here. And with the track program. You know, it's just gonna get better and better. You can see the pieces being put there. And the thing I like about looking at the track program, you can see he's not just recruiting people, but there's a pattern and you know there's a formula to what he's doing. He's trying to bolster different events, not just let's get fifty people out here and just throw them to the wolves. It's where do we need the pieces at? What are our shortcomings? And he's slowly building that up. Uh the Demon Tracks program. Uh, Demons did finish last uh, in this meet. Don't look at that and say, oh, what happened to them? Uh, Demons were very short shorthanded. Only had 16 competitors, which is really, really small. Uh, that was an, just not going to be a normal thing. Uh, that's not indicative of our track program. Again, with COVID, it was just a weird season, short season. So we did not have a full squad for the men's team. Expect them to bounce back, and for really the men's team and women's team, it's really going to be there for taking to not only take control of the conference, but really become the powerhouse track program in the conference. Now that said, McNeese, Southeastern, uh, they both look really strong. So going forward, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens between Northwestern, McNeese, and Southeastern. Uh, This could be really fun to watch that. And, again, the thing I'm just – my takeaway from this is it's just how good of a job Coach Heimerman's doing. And if you're a Demon fan, and especially a Demon track fan, you have to be absolutely just giddy with excitement with Coach Heimerman and what he's doing. So look forward to uh, watching Coach Heimerman in the future. And if I had to bet money on it, I think Northwestern State Track Program will have a conference title sooner than later. And I would say very sooner. So – uh definitely going to be watching the northwestern track program and hopefully you know next spring you get to make it out to the Walter p of the day track complex and watch that and because uh, if you haven't got a chance to go by they've done some renovations it's really fun to watch the northwestern track teams compete and uh best luck them and they'll be having the regionals coming up and i'm sure we'll compete well there uh and hopefully have some athletes go to nationals i think we will so, best luck to the Demons and Lady Demons representing us at the regionals. And without further ado, I have to bring on a sponsor and we will be right back. The Demon baseball team unfortunately loses 3 or 4 to Stephen F. Austin. Not a good weekend out there in Nacogdoches. Definitely not the results we expected, but it happens. Uh, Demons didn't play bad per se, it just seemed like they never could find a rhythm the entire weekend. Uh, just didn't get the pitches when he needed it, didn't get the hits when they needed it, and never really seemed to just get comfortable throughout the whole weekend. And, you know, it happens in baseball. You look at the major leagues, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, series after series, lost, 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 loss. And the Dodgers, by no stretch of the imagination, have a bad team. They're a tremendously talented team, and in my opinion, one of the favorites to still win the World Series. It happens in baseball. Luckily, also in baseball, all it takes is just one good series to turn around, one game to turn around. It did definitely dent the chances for demons to win an outright conference title, but there is still a chance. I'll just run that down really quickly. <clears throat> Abilene Christian is in first. Demons did beat them three out of four. That's important. Abilene Christian plays at Stephen F. Austin. Texas A&M Carpus Christi is in second. We play them. UNO is in third. Their conference season's over. They actually travel to Oklahoma State. And then Southeastern Louisiana, who plays Houston Baptist, is actually a half game above us. For us to win a conference title, we basically have to sweep Anm Corpus Christi, which is not going to be easy, or at least take three out of four. Abilene Christian will have to lose at least three out of four or get swept. Then Southeastern Louisiana would have to at least lose one or two, depending on what we do. So, again, we can win a regular season conference title. More than likely, that probably will not happen. On the positive note is the Demons did officially qualify for the conference tournament, and that's the only important thing. Uh, It's a logjam in the conference. you got to get to Hammond. you got to win. I don't expect the Southland to be a multi-bit league. So, in this case, winning conference title... I don't think really uh, makes that much of a difference. Uh, Grant, you love to win it, but important thing is winning the conference tournament and getting to the NCAA regionals. So Demons have a big weekend ahead uh, against Corpus Christi. Are supposed to be playing tomorrow night, or if <clears throat> you listen to us in the morning, on Tuesday against LSU at Alex Box. A lot of rain in the forecast, so I'm not sure if that one will get underway. But uh, best of luck to the Demon baseball team and... Uh, we'll close it out just talking about a recap of the national championship game that also happened this weekend. And before I end this podcast, I just want to give congratulations to Sam Houston State University, who won their first NCAA football championship, 23-21, over South Dakota State. It was a really great game, had a hour-long lightning delay, Uh, Had a 10 point lead blown by Sam Houston, then he came back with about 30 seconds left with a touchdown to win the game. Uh, They played a really phenomenal season. Congrats to them. Uh, Watching the game, though, the one takeaway I had is the Demons aren't far away at all. Um, We took Sam Houston to the wire, we took the national champions to the wire. And there's years in the past when I remember a couple of years ago Sam Houston came in and Turpin and just absolutely skull drugged us all over the, you know, all over stadium. And I can remember times when we played good teams and just looked like we didn't belong on the same field. And a couple of years ago, I remember watching the demons play and uh it just seemed like we couldn't get out of our own shadow, and then watching North Dakota State play Sam Houston, Jacksonville, James Madison and just thinking, like, man, we're not even playing the same game as them. It was like watching night and day between the two teams. Watching the Demons this year, I don't get that feeling. I get the feeling we're just as good as Sam Houston. We're just as good as anybody in the playoffs I saw. We just have to put it together. And I think that'll come. So when you look at how close we are, I think we are very, very close to turning the corner and very close to being a contender. Uh, best of luck, you know, Sam Houston State going forward. You know, obviously we won't play them anymore. Uh, they'll be going to the WAC, so they will not be on our schedule next year. I would love to regain, uh, you know, some games with them. I would love to play Stephen F. Austin, but you know, the world changes. You move on, and I'm sure we'll start playing some of those teams sooner or later. But who knows how long that will be until that occurs? Uh, until uh, next week. Thank you for listening. Hope you have enjoyed this podcast. And as always, Farcum Demons.